Uh, welcome to this episode of Rodeo Time with Dale Brisby. We're in Huntsville, Texas, and visiting uh, Jeremy Malankin Melanson, rodeo cowboy extraordinaire. Yeah. Do you have your card this year? Man, I do not have a card right now. I normally wait till about halfway through the year to buy it, mm-hmm. you know, so that I don't miss a year. But uh, I don't really. Uh, I didn't go to any rodeos on my card last year, but I did have it, so I'm just gonna. You didn't go I'm to one rodeo. Go. I think I did go to one rodeo. Did you go to Huntsville? No, I didn't go to Huntsville. I went to. Where did I go? Crockett, to the uh, Murtis Dykeman. That's what I went to. Memorial or whatever it's called. It was a pro rodeo. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and I used to travel together. No, first time it may not have been a pro rodeo. It might have been same age rodeo that was the pro rodeo. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's been a year. Sorry. Uh, Jeremy and I used to travel together. He got really good at turning out. Oh, boy. <laughs> got even better entering me even though I would turn out. Yeah. So. That's all right. We can edit, we can edit it. <laughs> oh, I'm already so bad at this. <laughs> That's okay. It'll just be a little quiet spot. Nobody will even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But first you traveled with uh, Jacob Scrawley and Sterling Crawley in their ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. I did I did some time in their ambulance for sure. Um, that Their ambulance was the worst purchase I think I've ever made in my adult, adult career. <laughs> Every rodeo would announce that it was Jacob's and Sterling's ambulance yeah and that they wouldn't really even say anything about jeremy except his name when he rode but it was jeremy's ambulance and oh. he's the one that bought it and put oh it really yeah 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 so where'd y'all get it from like new jersey or something me and sterling flew to new jersey to buy a sight unseen 1989 green and white old ambulance i showed up my ass a guy like you know Hey man, this thing's gonna make it, right? It's gonna drive good. And he's like, Oh yeah, it's in great shape. Where how far are you going? I said, Texas. He's like, Oh man, I don't can guarantee it's gonna make it to Texas. It's gonna be fine. I drove the first hour and Sterling was like, You sure you don't want me to drive? You sure you don't want me to drive? You sure you don't want me to drive? Finally I was like, Yeah, you drive. He's like, Come on, you ch- gotta check it out back here, I'll drive. So I was like, Okay, you drive. He drove twenty two hours straight back to the house. Oh wow. I did not have another leg. I would wake up, he'd be on the the loudspeaker, like when we go into town, you know, like hollering at people. I'm like, that's the first thing that has to go. Like we left all the lights on it. We didn't leave the lights on the top. But yeah, the the loudspeaker had to go for sure. Um, what was the back like? Like, did you guys was it just set up like an ambulance? We or? took it to a trailer conversion place. I had bunk beds put in it, a shower, a fold out couch. I was top bunk, starting with bottom bunk. Jacobs had the fold out couch. Um, Dean did quite a bit of hauling in the, the ambulance and, and shared the couch. Um, so it was, yeah, me, Jacob, Sterling, and shower too. for the most part. Yeah, I had a shower in it. That was where we kept all our bags and everything because, you know, yeah. why would we use the shower? That's but it had all the compartments on the outside where you put your Bronx saddles and everything. It was some gun. Heck yeah. And they murdered it out. Yeah. Yeah, it was black. Um, uh, Joey Austin with Ruffy put Ruffy down the side of it. They even let me put my name real small, my Jacobson Sterling's name. And, uh, but you own the ambulance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely. They were way too smart to buy something like that. <laughs> they had vans and cars and things that ran good, got decent fuel mileage. But no, they called it the Dragonfly. They did come up with that nickname because it would drag up one side of the hill and fly down the other. <laughs> <laughs> it did not move. Man, 
It broke down so many times. Oh, yeah. It was rough. It was hard to keep that. Did so the, you were there for the, the cherry patch ordeal. I was not there for the cherry patch. They were just in the ambulance. They were just okay. in their ambulance that, that I owned. <laughs> I was there for, I wasn't there for the wheel falling off of it either. Did okay. y'all get the wheel story? I haven't heard that story, but obviously like it's in that Red Shane song, like wheel fell off in the desert. Yeah, yeah, the wheel passed them up. Um, on the way to Reno, they, they made it almost to Vegas. And Cody Beamoss showed up and helped them knock all the lugs, because they sheared all the lugs off of one side of the duels. So he helped them take half the lugs from the other side and put them back in, set full dress code and everything, and, and got them back on the road. And they didn't have anything to drink, nothing, just stuck on the side of the road in the desert. <coughs> and they made it back to uh, uh, Las Vegas. And then I was there when we went back and picked them, picked it up. Mm-hmm. And that was a funny story, too, because in Vegas, Jacobs needed a, a phone. So he stopped. No, Sterling needed a phone. So he stopped and got him a, a phone. Jacobs was taking the rental car back. Phone had nothing to do with it. Sorry. Jacobs had to return the rental car that got us to Las Vegas to pick it up. So he said, man, it's just a couple blocks. Y'all just walk down there and get it while I'm dealing with this. Okay, a couple blocks. You could not even see it. Like, it was not a couple blocks. Mm-hmm. Me and Sterling done taking off walking through Vegas. And uh, we're walking down the sidewalk, again, full dress code. We're walking down the sidewalk, and we see the ambulance pull up. Like, it's driving down the road. And I, and I think it's that one, because it's the only black one with all the stuff on the side of it. So I... Uh, I just take off running, and so so does Sterling, but I jump the, the road, and I'm on the right side, and he's on the other end. Thankfully, the dude stops at a stoplight, and I'm hollering and jumping and waving at him, and he's just sitting there straight on, you know, not paying attention. So the light turns green, so I was like, shit, I don't want to run the rest of the way to this um, shop. So I just rip the door open and jump in, and this dude, like, you know, rips his side, like, looks at me, it's like, it's mine, it's my vehicle, it's mine, and he's like, man, if I'd have been in my truck, I'd have shot you, I was like, I know, but I knew you didn't have a gun in here, I was hoping, you know, so, I was like, see, look, there's my buddy, and here's Sterling running, like, putting down the road, cowboy hat and everything, trying to catch us, he's like, man, not crazy, he pulls over, and it's our ambulance back, so... Yeah, there's, there's the way you set that up, I thought you were gonna say it was the wrong ambulance. Oh yeah, like yeah. somebody else's. Oh, I thought it was mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the only black rock star rimmed ambulance going. Is that why the wheels came kind of, off? Because of the rock star? Yeah, it turns out those ambulances weigh a lot, and oh, cheap you, aluminum rock star rims you had put don't hold wheels up. on it. So yeah, it you know wore out the lug or the. Because the, the same thing wheel. happened to your truck, didn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, me and Rick, I met him earlier, my father-in-law. He, uh, we were coming through Huntsville here, and we were on the I-45, and I looked at my, I'm looking at my mirror, and he's like, "What are you looking at?" I said, "Man, I think my wheel's fixing to come off." He's like, "You say that all nonchalant." I was like, "No, I'm serious. I think it's fixing to pull off." So I exit the 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 next exit, and I ease over into the grass, and as soon as I hit the grass, both wheels just fall off. And the, hits the ground he's like I'm never getting back in the truck with you again I was like well at least I saw it coming so yeah God, uh, ran, terrible. Ran, ran all the uh, not I mean I'm not a, a hater against rock stars I just didn't have good luck with them. apparently you're not a hater I mean you put them on everything hey man it was my thing <laughs> freaking so lawnmowers just, got rock star rims yeah they uh they really didn't stick by me though we did a it wasn't a it was an interview for rock and roll denim but I was talking to um, Sterling and I was trying to get him to tell the uh, Barry's Cherry story mm-hmm. 
and he got it confused with the cherry patch story and he was just like which was a brothel you know that had a gas station in front of it and they had to they went to the gas station obviously not the brothel oh yeah but anyway he was just like it's a funny story but so he's like midway through the story and I was like start 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 wrong story Barry's <laughs> Cherry is about. a car dealership and he was like oh I was wondering why you wanted me to tell a brothel story yeah now, anyway. Barry's Cherries, that was... That was you weren't with Earn. them, were you? No, I wasn't with them. That was yeah. Big Earn or Rhonda? It was Rhonda. Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda. Yeah. yeah, Big Earn was the good one. That AC worked good in Big Earn. Yeah. I'm not saying, no, like, they weren't good ones. It, it took two vehicles normally. Like, the ambulance would break down. Like, that first summer, we were uh, England had the, the... What did they call that one? It was brown. Something brown bomber something yeah, that I, I can't remember the name for that one anyway that was Anglin's van and so Anglin's van you know would need something you know, not not like the ambulance it would just have a small repair and so we drive the ambulance for a while and then it would completely trash out on us and we'd get back in the van so we drove whatever would run you know yeah and then I bought which van did I buy you bought Big Earn I think it was Big Earn yeah that's the one that's in California now and then I gave to the girl in California, the but Big Earn was Jacob's van uh-huh. that Sterling and I borrowed. Took to Rapid City, hit a patch of ice, ran into a guy's trailer hitch. Anyways, we wrecked it, and, and it didn't do anything to the guys. But what did we drive to sent from Senton to Los Fred, uh Tucson? Tucson. I don't remember how we got there, but we came back and Jesse. Was, oh, and what, uh, what's his name's name? Artie and uh, Artie Meyer and but but who's who owned it? Jesse. Uh, I do not remember. How remember did we get there? The uh, NFR Saddle Bronc rider, also really good at riding bulls. Uh, oh, from uh, Jesse Bale. Bale, yeah, Jesse Bale. Hadn't heard from him in a long time. I don't remember how we got there. And we went to that bar. Leroy got wasted, and then we slept in the van waiting on him to come out. Yeah, and me and you ended up driving Artie and his brother Rory. Yep. Meyer and Leroy, and we were driving. We left Tucson at like late, like way later than we wanted. Like three in the morning. Like we left Tucson at three in the morning. Coming back to Texas. Yes. Man, especially since in Jesse Bell's van, and Jesse wasn't even with us. We were at Senton, and I had I got news that I had made the short round at Tucson, last hole, so you don't get any money, uh-huh. and got all the way there and like <clears throat> literally could not shut the buck and shoot gate because I was laying in the way. Like I got bucked off like right there, so then it was yeah, just so, a drive back to Texas. Yeah, me and me and Leroy and him went to Senton, so we we're in Senton. It's like, hey, you want to go to Tucson? On the uh, way back to College Station. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to Tucson on the way back to College Station? Sentence like way west Texas. Yeah. Like, yeah, might as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I drew fancy pants, and I didn't know what fancy pants was, so I called Sterling, and Sterling went to tell me, oh, yeah, she's, you know, bucking horse of the year, been rode twice. You know, he was going to tell me that before his phone died. So I still had no idea what this horse was. And, yeah, I did not ride Fancy Pants very long. Yeah. So. I forgot about that trip. That was fun. Hmm. 
me and me and uh, Lincoln were sitting in that bar. Like we just knew. Like we we're not. Man, they made they. We went to the the beer tent first. Like they had a deal at the rodeo, so we yeah. stayed until that shut down. And like we were ready. We were waiting on the bull riding so that our ride could we could head back. Yeah, all the way across. We're done. It's still light outside. Yeah. Like we're ready to go back to Texas. And so we closed the hospitality tent, whatever you want to call it, deal down. And then they're like, "Hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to this bar." So we went to a, like a little a Chinese job. food restaurant or a sushi. oh, that's we right, a, which we went took to a forever. Next to the bar. And then what and the then deal we, was is they so it's like me, him, and me, Lincoln, and Leroy. Well. And then Artie and Rory getting a ride. Well, they convinced Leroy to, you know, bar it up. And so now that they've got somebody in our crew on their side, it's three against two. Yeah. And so we walk over to this. Yeah, it was a, 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 a Chinese uh, a hibachi, grill. hibachi grill. Yeah. Took forever. So then it's like Not nine. that we didn't have time to kill. It's yeah. like yeah. after we got done eating, we were still there for quite a while. Yeah, it's 10 p.m. and freaking tucson and we got to go back to texas and we're like yeah why not and then yeah. we get in there and it's like uh bradley harder and just like full of bronc riders and uh wade and corrington anyway all these guys and Leroy is just like loving it you know folks that didn't have to drive back to texas correct that night. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and Leroy knows he's got this sober two drivers Lincoln and Dale ready to anyway but that was that that was yeah that was my story with Leroy same as like yours with Jacobs and Sterling always ready to live it up oh yeah and then he and I are like ready to go to bed at 9 30 or 10 o'clock yeah but and and Jacobs still beat you up in the morning like yeah in in the morning like he'll still get up before you drink coffee and drive I don't know how he does that well, I don't know that he does it right now. But, yeah, but he's done. He's pretty but, good. Yeah, that. like he would, he would drink. Him and Sterling would drink and party and have fun all night. And then Jacobs is up at six thirty, but he, before seven, before yeah. seven. Sterling not so much. No, Sterling gets up. You know, <laughs> time for the rodeo. Yeah, he. Yesterday we were Snapchatting. It was eleven fifty four, and he said something about like. This early in the morning? <laughs> well, technically it's morning for six more minutes. But. Gosh, he's funny, man. He is so funny. If I think like to be in a bad situation, he would be someone I'd want to be like in a bad situation with, just because like so he's gonna make you laugh. Like yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't really get bad with Sterling. Yeah, like it's it's he's in a good just a good space. Yeah, golly. He uh, just so happy-go-lucky. They get along better than any brothers, I think. And they do have, they've had their moments, but it's, it's crazy how well they get along, how in some respects polar opposites they are, but then in other respects they're so, they're like twins almost. Yeah, like they've got a very similar sense of humor like they're they're the same person Mm -hmm. but then they split and are very very different people yeah like it's it is you're right it is it's a it's a unique dynamic for sure yeah what year what did what year did you jump in with them 2011 so well we were we amateur audio you know together right right um not like together together mm-hmm. as much you know we were just around each other but no I jumped in the rig with uh, Jacobs it was me and Sterling's rookie year in 2011 which was Jacobs 
first year at the finals. Right. But that but you lived in Buffalo. Yeah, my house was in Buffalo. I stayed, you know. Talk about like else. tell us about your progression and your view on building a company slash working while you're rodeoing and like the dynamic between like or I guess how you viewed making money and rodeo together at the same time. Well, man, like I, I, I think, I think it all comes from rodeo. Um, like in rodeo, I mean, obviously everybody cares about money, but you really don't care about money that much. Like, what's the importance of money in rodeo? I need just enough to get down the road, and it's how we keep score. Right. But like, really, that's throughout life. Like, we all keep score like that. You know, however you want to keep score or, or whatever. I mean, money buys back your freedom. You have your time to do what you want to. Yeah, what did you say have. about Sterling once? Like, how little he would care about money if it wasn't how they... Yeah, like, Sterling would standings. never know anything about money or ever care about a dollar if it wasn't in the standings. Like, yeah. if they kept score with points, Sterling would care... Or back then, he wouldn't have cared anything about money at all, you know? And I don't really think any of us were that much different, you know? Like, right. it was just how you kept score. Like, we, yes, we needed enough to put fuel in the tank and get down the road and pay entry fees and things like that, but money yeah. was just... And that's not a slight disturbing. That's just no, talking about I passion of the sport. I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so that's where everything came from. Like, one, a lot of... A lot of cowboys turn into entrepreneurs because it's part of the game. Uh-huh. Like, so you're gonna go on a job interview and you're gonna be like, "All right, man, I want this job really bad, but I'm gonna be off Thursdays, sometimes, most every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Won't ever work weekends, and I need to leave for about two and a half to three months during the summer. Like, what kind of job <laughs> are you? I'm like, man, I cannot wait to hire that guy. Yeah. So unless you're like like Jacobs, I it's just my personal opinion. I think I attribute a lot of his success and how good he is into how much discipline he has and how focused he stays on just rodeo. Like he's extremely rodeo focused. He works out what he eats, what he, um, you know, how he spends his time, what he listens to. Like when he wakes up, he reads his PSN, drinks his coffee. He's very routine. It's it's his job. It's what he does. And this isn't something because he was the. 15 world champion or because he's the director this he was, was doing that one, 2007 know? yeah 2007 like when I met him this is the person he was um, I was a similarly driven person but I did not have that focused discipline that Jacobs did and I didn't put the importance on it I'm not saying that I could have had the same level of success if I had done the same thing that's not what I'm, I'm saying I'm, gonna, I'm saying that I now have a better vision of what it takes to do it and why what he did was so important and why there's a lot of guys out there that can win any day of the week but they don't win consistently and that's why you know it's because the level of focus and dedication you put to it and so like I was I wasn't winning as much and instead of just you know putting everything focused on that I was focused on like extra things I was doing on the side and and when I would come home for the the winter and we'd go back to school I'd buy a house and go to working on it so I could flip it or rent it or something like that well, that pulls your focus away yeah and so not a lot of people for sure myself because I proved it have the capacity to do too many different things at once very well <laughs> like most examples of success are very focused examples and I think Jacobs is a very focused example mm-hmm. whereas 
I didn't have a, a focus back then. But you've got you've got success in real estate because of you were focused on that. Yes, and and I and things have changed a lot for me personally because I have focused, which was meant it was really hard. Even though I loved riding bucking horses, I still love riding bucking horses. I don't have a lot of interest in going rodeoing because I know I'm not going to dedicate that focus. You know, like I like I've had a lot of rodeo experience. Like I've gotten to experience a lot of the big rodeos. I've gotten to hang out with the guys. I've got the stories we were talking about. Like that's all really like I cherish that stuff, but. I'm the what to take it to the next level rodeoing. I know I'm not going to dedicate that focus to it, and now I have a family, and I, I'm not going to leave. I, I want to spend time differently with them, and and so the whole the whole aspect of rodeoing would be different. So yeah, now I do have dedicated focus on you know my real estate investments, um, the funds that I'm a part of, um, uh, the construction company. You know that is a dedicated focus. It's all vertically integrated. It's all it's all similar to each other. It's not like, you know, this is this and this is this. It's it's all kind of in the same line. Do you see yourself like trying to make an AMI finals in the future? I don't think so, man. I don't have that. I don't. I, I will definitely go to rodeos in the future to ride Bronx. I'll definitely go to practice pins. Like I'm honored enough to be on the podcast with the legend. I, I'd be really honored to come get get on on the beaches. Heck yeah. So maybe we can make that happen one day. Um, definitely get on bucking horses as long as I can physically semi-safely get on bucking horses as far as rodeoing enough to like make a count or make I'm not saying it won't happen it could happen like I made and and a big key to that is like if my little boy likes going to rodeos and he wants to go to rodeos and it's like something we do and I'm there anyway like heck yeah like why not you know yep. but as far as enough dedicated focus to really if he ends up playing baseball then and then I probably won't go to as many rodeos yep. you know but it, it's nothing against like an amateur finals or a pro, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like rodeo is rodeo, and it's all great. I know just as many awesome people in the CPRA and the UPRA than I did in the PRCA. But um. tell me about. Uh, so I like to tell your story about the progression from Buffalo, like that. So you bought that ten acres in Buffalo to like where you're at now, mm-hmm. and like how you, you know, kind of just steady moved forward through real estate. And so, and this is, this story, I guess, will kind of show like how your focus got pulled away from rodeo because obviously it's, but just, I don't know, in your own words. Yeah. So I bought a place about two miles from my parents' uh, house in Buffalo. Um, and I just started building, you know, I built a pole barn and I started building it out. I lived in a camper there, um, on the place. I, I bought the place. What year was this? Um, ooh. I think I bought the place in 2008. Okay. Um, I met Carly, my wife, in 2009, and I already owned the property. She was, she was there for me finishing out and building the house. Um, so yeah, 2008 I bought the property. 2009 I was building on it. Uh, it took me a while. I was doing most of it myself. Um, like like uh, we were talking about earlier, my stepdad has an oil field construction company, Casey Field Services, there out of Buffalo. So he had equipment, he had generators, he had guys to help me. So like not at all a, hey, I did it on my own thing. I definitely got some help, but it was a as I could do it thing. And, and uh, so we got that put together. And I lived there for a while. I met Carly, she was going to school in Huntsville. She had a rent house in Huntsville. She was working on her master's, so she wasn't really going to school. She was doing it really online. And uh, she got a job teaching school in Dew right there in Buffalo basically 
So she moved into my house and I moved into her rent house and we just kind of swapped spots. Um, then when uh, she stopped teaching school, got a job in Houston, so we were going to move back to Huntsville. So we were looking for another place to rent and it was like, man, I can buy something for what I can rent it for. And, and that's a concept like I really hold today. It's like, man, I think a lot of folks would would really benefit from, you know, like even if you were going to be a renter in college, why not own it? You know, you, you mm-hmm. buy a place that's less expensive than rent, and then you rent out your other bedrooms. Like, we really never had a mortgage. Somebody was always there helping us out with our, our payments and everything else, and then we just kind of moved on from there. And each time we would move on to a different house, remodel it, fix it up, and rent the one we had been living in. And then it kind of got into a progression of, of remodeling houses and doing smaller single-family deals before we got into the multifamily space. So you went into you went into you were in Buffalo, then mm-hmm. you went to Drew Road. Yeah, then went to Huntsville. It was a it was a, it was a Road. Um, yeah, That's, you moved to Huntsville. That was a, that was a trailer house on two acres. Yep. And then you moved to one ninety. So mm-hmm. so anytime you moved, you yeah. rented the place behind you. Right. So when you moved to Drew Road, you you rented out Buffalo. Rented out Buffalo. Then when you moved to one ninety, you rented yeah. out Drew Road. Yeah. And then. Then we started just staying where we were, bought, bought Buffalo off Craigslist. Um, I met my part. I, w- I was going to YouTube how to how to remodel it, and that was a nightmare. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, met my partner to help. You know, back then I met him. You know, through Craig Price, Taylor Price's dad. Um, so Rodeo helped out again there. Um, we hit it off, and and then we went to doing. He was helping me on the remodel projects that I would do to either rent or flip. I uh, hold on to as many of them as could and then I would help him on on projects that he was doing while I wasn't rodeoing you know just what were you doing to make the money for the next down payment man um when I when I started rodeoing I was so bad like I never got to the level I wanted to be at but I was better than I was then like it was bad bad and so I I didn't win a dollar for a long time and I kept having to go. Well, I had I was I was working for my stepdad's construction company when he was um, when I was rodeoing. Oilfield company. Oilfield company. And uh, uh, just pocketing every what? every dollar that I every check that I won went into a safety deposit box because I could have just as easily not. Well, I was so used to not winning money that. Why do I need? I'm still going to go to work tomorrow. I'm still going to be fine. So that money didn't change anything. So I just acted like I got bucked off every time. And then eventually, like my last few years amateur rodeo, and like I went in first to the CPRA finals one year. Sterling beat me while we were there. But uh, uh, you can win a pretty good bit of money down there, you know. Yeah. So once it came down, I bought that first house on Dura Road from yeah. that winnings that I hadn't that I hadn't spent. And you and said so something then you back can, then that was interesting. Like every amount of money, you saw that as twenty percent. Any any money that I saved was either a down payment or going to be a down payment. Right. Like that's where everything went to. So um, so when you when you buy that first place and then say you find the next place, you refine that, you refinance your equity out of that. You start then you start with debt, you know, and, and then you know everything has equity as the prices rise. If the prices rise, which you know real estate has pretty good track record in in certain ways. I'm not going to get into. But because they were all income producing properties income. you were cool with that debt man and, and if you can if you can if you're comfortable with your customer your resident whoever your 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 uh, resident's gonna be then you're comfortable with having a customer every single month then you 
you have a stable income producing asset, you go borrow money against that asset and then that takes it off of your debt. I mean, if you make a thousand dollars a month and um, you know, say the bank will let you use 800 of it, then you can get an $800 a month payment. Well then, if you buy another, if you buy a house with that $800 a month and you don't make any more money, you're, you're stuck. Well, if you rent that house out for $1,000 a month, then now you make $2,000 a month, you have an $800 a month payment, you can get another $800 a month payment. So your income grows with your debt. So there's really no cap there other than down payment. See, I've been listening to you talk like this for 10 years. I still don't understand it. Like, if any of you out there are lost, I'm with you. But, but the point is, I trust you. I don't, and I trust it. We break it down more to, uh, man, how many... So if you're an entrepreneur, what's your retirement plan? If you're a cowboy, what's your retirement plan? So if if you're a, a successful rodeo athlete and you've been putting all your dedicated focus towards rodeo, but you're making money, how, you know, you you actually mentioned this on your, on your what y'all both did, on you're talking about on your podcast where the whole posse was there, I think y'all did it Monday, um, you were talking about, um, dang, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, you're, you're talking about making money, rodeo and making money and like if you're retirement plan. Oh, okay. So yeah, during your podcast Monday, you talked about like guys getting started. It's going to take you a solid four or five years to get going. But then when that guy, years. <laughs> dang it, Sterling, forty-five years, four to five years to get yeah. going. Yeah. So um, you were saying when that guy was saying, "Hey, it was at twenty-nine. Is it too late to start right. rodeo and arranging?" Like, hey, the rough stock does definitely have a time limit to it. So there needs to be some kind of. What am I going to do after? What am I going to do after rodeo? You may not ever leave rodeo. You may not ever like just give up on it. You may be a successful guy going into the NFR year after year, but sooner or later, oh, that wow. young competition competition is going is going to bump you out, you know. And are you going to go get a job at that point? And you know what level of experience? Like I loved people talking about college as a backup plan. Well, you know, Jacobs is a very successful bronc rider with an engineering degree. Does he want to go be an engineer at 45 years old, you know, with no engineering experience? Like, I don't, it may have been a backup plan those first couple of years. I ultimately think it was just something he was interested in and his dad did, you know, and, and he, yeah. he's got that mindset, but. And we all grew up in a town where you had to go to college. Right, yeah. And also, college rodeo. And college rodeo is a big benefit, you know, if they're right. gonna, and, and if you can get your college paid for, you know, kind of yeah. why not? But as far as the, a realistic backup plan, you know, put that money to where it can grow and work for you. Let me see your watch. Much better. Probably. It's probably picking up there. Oh, your sorry. watch. Anyway. Um, picking up. Uh, so I, I think it's good to have, um, you know, have that backup, a real backup plan or a yeah. goal set like what do I want my life to look like at this point like that's where a lot of my my uh, goals started was and I'm planning on having this family and I want to spend time around you know my kids and like if if, if he has a baseball game on Wednesday and I want to go I want to be able to go well you know back to the other point of money is freedom you know not just keeping score it's freedom to, to use your time how you want to use it but and like most all the key business concepts that I believe in very much came from rodeo. 
<laughs> and I, I attribute rodeo to a lot of any success that I've had in the in a business point, um, like a like abundance mindset, for instance. You know, a lot of folks believe like, oh, I'm gonna get this idea and I'm gonna keep it secret and I'm not gonna tell anybody how I do anything and they're gonna keep all this to themselves and you know, so. Uh, Zig Ziglar says that you know he has a quote that says you, you can get anything in life that you want if you help another pe- enough other people get what they want and that's what I believe well if you look at a lot of other sports I think you know just hearing people talk because I wasn't you know, very athletic <laughs> so I didn't do a lot of sporting but um, uh, I think rodeo has a different mentality of like helping each other and like nobody's cutthroat nobody's gonna tell you the wrong thing like if you call a bronco that you've never met and you say hey I got so and so drawn what's the rain on oh man hey this is the rain and, and you know he may lean a little bit in there on you or you might need to cup his eye or you know hey put it in the throat that's gonna be good information like right. I don't know very I know very few examples where somebody gave somebody the wrong information on purpose like it just right. doesn't happen like yeah. I've had conversations with people outside of rodeo it's like well how can you trust that guy on what you are or their competition it's like no you're trying to do the best you can on that horse it doesn't right. matter what anybody else does right so it's the same thing in business like if my competitors are building great houses or investing in great deals good you know all ships rise with a rising tide that abundance mentality very much comes from the world and you know how rodeo is and uh, I just I don't believe in a scarcity mentality you know yeah. setting goals uh, you got to set goals in business just like you say goals in rodeo you know specific <laughs> measurable goals that you can measure yourself against as you go as you go forward um, constantly striving to get better and education and things like that um, yeah that's something I'm not good at and well, it's not that I'm not good at it it's just something I don't do goals yeah like all my goals like I want to make more videos I want to do more podcasts but like I don't know really much about like what's going on in the warehouse and I I don't want to criticize but making more videos is not a goal making a hundred videos before December 31st is specific and measurable that's what I'm talking about I have the yeah no I've got specific and measurable content related goals Mm -hmm. but they're content related like I don't have income based yeah, but a goal is a goal. Right. You know, and, 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 and every, every, your business is successful because you've structured goals that you can measure against and try to meet. And, and I, the way I saw it was like, I don't want to plan to make, you know, X, Y, Z amount on t-shirts in the year 2020 because then I'm, that depends on people's response to, you know, and what's the market. Well, in 2020, like, that would have been just... I mean, a very arbitrary number because of obviously what's gone on in 2020. Right. But my content-related goals, which are going to inevitably lead to, like, that's a different conversation because then that's based on me and I can control that. I don't know if that's right or not. Right. Like, I don't, like, nobody, like, told me to do that or not to do that. That's just what, that's how we, that's how I started. We made the first video, like, and I don't, I'm just, I don't want to change anything, you know. Yeah. And anyhow, like everybody, anybody that thinks I have this grand plan, I don't. (laughs) I don't. Like I just, I made videos and so I still make videos. And people come into the warehouse and they're like, well, what the hell is it? Like I got this lady right here that works for me and I trust her and she runs the books. And if she wanted to steal it all and go to 
buy a beach somewhere. Uh, she wouldn't be able to buy a beach, but she might get to go on vacation once. I don't know. She could do that. You know, I just don't know. But anyway. Buy the beaches from you. Yeah. Your money. That'd be fun. Maybe you trade them though to sand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so going back to your story. So 2008, you get started. You go through 2011. You're in Huntsville. 2015, you trade it up. Or was it 14? You, you kind of liquidated everything you had. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if you feel comfortable telling your story. Yeah, but. no, 2000 and... That's a good, that's a good question. Um, 2015... I remember no, pulling onto this property and you had like one of these built. In November of 2015, <laughs> I believe, is, is the right date. Um, we started uh, two duplexes. Um, I, so we were, we were driving through Wyoming in the ambulance. Jacobs was driving, drinking coffee, and I was sitting over in the passenger seat thinking man I'm going to have to get a lot better at rodeoing if it's going to pay bills for this I started putting those goals out like when do I want to have a family by when do I want to get married by when I started start, started forward thinking my life to try to, to start planning things out to where I want to go we always have, we all, I believe we all have this vision in our mind it may be a fleeting thing maybe something we just think about every once in a while but we see ourselves doing things in some future time right well, what kind of house do you see yourself when you say, what are you driving? What are you doing? What do you, what, what do you have the ability? And, and I feel like most people, you know, a, a lot of times just kind of get to where they're going because that's where they were headed when they, when the time happened, you know? Yeah. And um, so when my timeline started, when I started putting it into a timeline, it was like, hey man, I better get to moving, you know? So what do I need to make a month? And so I came up with my number. Like, okay, what could I build to produce that passively? Or, you no, know, there may not be some, there may not be any such thing as passive, but passively, you know, um, to where I could still rodeo, or I could still have freedom with my family, or I could do whatever, you know, and I could still make um, an income. And so I came up with this plan, and then I started looking at property, and I found this piece of property like that day. And uh, I called and make it, made an offer on it, I flew back to sign the papers, and we were off to the races. I. Did like you said, I, I did trade up. Um, I tr- I sold a few pieces of property to build the first two duplexes. Uh, worked really well. We had a great response. We were in Huntsville, Texas. I was on the Sam Houston rodeo team. Um, in 2011, we won the men's national title, and I was the fifth place saddle bronc rider. And Jacobson won it that year. Yep. Uh, 2012. And he was at A and M. Woo. Yeah. Not Sam Houston. No, not Sam Houston. Well, me, Sterling, and uh, Greaser, or Greasy the, Baby, the three Sam Houston Bearcats that went for the Southern Region the next year in 2012, and I ended up a reserve champion behind Tyrell Larson that year, and we Dang, won. I forgot and, about that. And we won the reserve title that year in the men's team. Dang, um, Tyrell. So, uh, yeah, just had to beat me. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so Sam Houston's here, and and. I had a good relationship with the coach Bubba Miller. You know, um, I, I had a working knowledge of you know what what folks need in order to keep a horse in this area. The the problems me and my wife had where we could find a place for her horse, which is why we ended up buying that place. Those places were getting more scarce as the population grew. Um, so we, we just started building the uh, the next two duplexes we built by. Um, I had one rent house in town that we sold, and I did the next two duplexes. Um, and then that third year, we had Slevin. Uh, um, we 
decided we were gonna we were gonna sell our house and move into a guest house temporarily um, that we built. Uh, we we all bought a piece of property together, and uh, we all being you and your wife, me, my wife, and her parents. So my yeah, in-laws bought. In-laws. Us. We, they were they were moving from George West over to Huntsville area. And they moved in with us while, while we, we found the place to buy. So me and Carly were already looking at a, at a different piece of property to buy. Well, if we all went in together, we could get nicer. You know, we thought it was a better piece of property. We love it out there. And, uh, well, they were ready to build. So we built their house with a guest house attached to it. And it, we made it like three days on our own, being used to having Yaya right there, Carly's mom right there helping us with the baby. Um, so... We were on our way back from the rodeo in Lano, and uh, she said, "Hey, I'm, I, let's let's see if we they'll let us move into that guest house." And so I listed it and sold that rascal in 30 days, and that's what we built the 12 flex with. Um, so you moved into your in-laws' guest house that you built for your in-laws. Yeah. So you have this built-in babysitter, but you did that all so you could build more onto the ground so we could go from eight units to 20 units so that's what he calls this property yeah the grounds, the grounds. So. so we had 20 doors that we owned and we were homeless <laughs> so, and i've uh, pushed that about as far as i can so you're five years later owning the grounds and well so um the next phase of the grounds was um i wanted to get into bigger projects and 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 I wanted to bring in investors and learn how to do that property properly. So I uh, got in with a, a really good uh, group, and that I've been. So I listened to the real estate guys' radio when we were rodeoing very first off. Like so, they'd wake up and be like, "You're listening to this stuff again? Like, how do you like? How do you not fall asleep?" You know, I was like, "Hey, it's my turn to drive. I listen to the podcast I want to listen to." Like early on podcasts, you know, like yeah. you didn't have to search through the real estate podcast to find them back then. They were built, and they've been around since like '97 on radio yeah. you know um, so they do live events they have groups they, they're probably the best syndication training which is bringing in other people's money um, putting a, a fund together getting it either through the SEC or exempted doing it properly you know bringing investment funds together so um, yeah they you know um, we decided to build 10 more cabins and bring in investors so that you know we could see how that that process worked and um, and it's been it's been really good so far, and, and the people involved seem like they're really happy, and, and everything's moving forward. We're actually gonna gonna go for another phase here pretty soon. And then after that phase, it'll be forty two units. Forty two units will be complete. Then do you do you feel like, I mean, if you'd asked yourself back when you were driving in across Wyoming, that's where we started with this conversation. I'm sorry. Okay, so but it do was you feel be like four you... duplexes? That was it. That was the master plan. Oh wow! Right, so there oh eight eight duplexes. There was gonna there's four now, and then the twelve one bedrooms. And so there was gonna be eight duplexes. Property's done. Like it was gonna be very simple, right across the front. The property's done. But it was gonna cost near as much, and it was gonna make a lot more. So that's why I only needed eight back then. That it doesn't work. It's I learned a lot. Yeah. On on from where I had planned. So that goal, I never reached that goal, and so we're sitting in this massive failure. That's probably my. Biggest accomplishment. Biggest accomplishment to date. You know, and it was a, it was, it's from, if you measure it by what it looked like in the ambulance driving on the road to what actually happened, it's a huge failure. It wasn't anywhere close to what I planned it to be. How? Just because it didn't come out to how you planned it? Yeah. The first thing I did was clear it and realize there was a big gully and I couldn't build duplexes across there. 
So, well, that's a huge problem. Well, it's you just change it, you know, and and if it's based on on something good, I'm not saying just go out there and shoot from the hip, but if you base it on real information that you believe in, then you know, I think it'll work. Even though, so like back to those goals, you know, who cares if you miss the goal? Like it might be kind of a corny saying when people say shoot for the moon, you still land amongst the stars, but you know what's missing a goal like if you miss a goal you don't quite get there but you get somewhere near there you're probably better off than what, where you were going to get just, just yeah, it was out. your goal to begin with yeah. yeah I'm just curious if you like so yeah technically you missed your goal but I mean would you even have dreamed this is where it was going to be no I didn't think it was going to be I didn't I mean we've got a lighted <laughs> arena we're going to have 42 units we're going to have a gym you know it was going to be it was going to be 16 two-bedroom units with pastures. That's it. It right. was not going to be anything like this. It was, it, it was, you know, it's a it's a staple in Huntsville now, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a yeah. place in Huntsville. Right? So, and it, what? I mean, this, this would be paradise if you're college rodeo, cowboy. And this yeah. is a good school to college rodeo. Yeah. Definitely. Like, you have a lot of support here. Like, some rodeo teams, they're just a, a club, you know. Like a Sam Houston, you might as well be a baseball team member. Or like, they treat you like you're uh, – they treat the club like the president's on board, you know. Like, the, the coach Man. is definitely dedicated. I mean, it's – it's. Yeah, there's – there's you can – so the coach, Bubba Miller, he's a cowboy preacher. He's got uh, – at his house and the church is – Halfway between Huntsville and Madisonville on I-45. What is that? Twelve miles from here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not even that far from here. It's right. I mean, because we're towards it, you know. And so, then yeah. they've got the college practice. They practice at at the church every Sunday. Yeah, and then the college pen, if you wanted to go over there, is only like five to eight miles from here, probably. And that's and that's uh, every Tuesday. They were rough stock. Rough stock every Tuesday. Well, it was every Tuesday. I'm not 100 percent on the day, but they practice almost every day. Yeah. You know. So, but, because there's so many people always talking about, like, I get tons of inquiries on how to get started rodeoing, and, or where can I, because, you know, there's somebody in, out in the middle of Nebraska, or, like, I, Garrett Kelly, he used to work for me, like, he's trying to rodeo hard, he's got to drive two and a half hours for a practice pen. So, if you don't, like, okay, so when I, I bought practice horses, when I was right out of high school, I had to haul them 15 miles. And I had to get enough buddies together yep. to pick up, yep. pull latches, push your horses out, uh, flank, you yep. know. Like there were times that we wrapped flank ropes or you wrapped your, your flank strap around the pipe and then I've tied the flank latch, the, the trip latch to my belt before so that when I got bucked off it would trip the flank and we had one guy on a pickup horse and one guy cracking the latch and pulling the gate so yep. I wouldn't suggest it but how would the flank come off the, the pot well yeah, it's was, just half hitched yeah, you know, it's that. not a good flank yeah. like it's it's you don't do it yeah. like most of the time like how, you do how it many once, people did you have that you had to do that you only have two people you like know, you and one other person no you have somebody on the gate because I've done it once where it was like my old man picking up and my mom would flank and reach over and slap him out. My old man picking up would run the, he would open the gate. Yeah. So it would be me and two people. Yeah. Well, most of the time we had, we would load up and we had somebody flank, somebody push out, somebody working the gate, maybe the same guy working the gate and then two people picking yeah. up. Most of the time we had a full crew, but 
like you do stupid stuff just wanting to get on a horse and then go okay I don't need I'm not going to do that again you know? right um, but uh, yeah like that story about Mike Lee he would get got on a practice bull by himself kick the gate open no. like pull his own bull up his wife showed up and he was hung up knocked out to knocked out and hung oh up to a bull oh my gosh because and he he would he would use that uh, bull rope it had a ring on it mm-hmm. where um, it's like a butterfly wrap but you go through that ring like it's on the block because there would be so few people when he practiced it was like I mean people had done it before but he kind of you know made it a little more commonly used where you take your wrap you know your first lay it across your hand go through that ring come back over and so you just you you could you were guaranteed not to hang up, but it was it was based on him, it being him and his wife practicing, you know, and that way she didn't have to work any hangups. Yeah. So so you have to have so many people to practice. Yeah. And it's extremely hard to practice. So if you can live in an area where people are to where it helps they practice and yeah. they know what they're doing, it's good. I mean, think about Huntsville alone, like just the little area of Huntsville. You have Sterling Crawley, Taylor Price. Uh, Bill Tudor, Jake Brown comes up to Bills a lot. Um, I'm, Even I right know here, I'm, I'm no, I'm got yeah, you, three, four, five rough stock guys right here, right here in at the grounds, you know, like yeah. living here. So, that's that's a dozen people that we've named in thirty seconds. Right, so it, it's not, and then people coming through everywhere. Malcolm lives over there by Sterling, you know, like there, there's, there's plenty of of folks in the area to help you out not to mention when it comes time to go to a rodeo like you ain't got to drive but 25 miles every week right like there's yeah, greaser was living here garrett aldridge is around the corner like there's man, plenty of folks that's texas here, you know? and like when i was living down in this area like the cpras upras open rodeos and bull ridings like you can just freaking drive down any dirt road and there's a team roping pen. Yeah. There's man in, in a good spring evening where where it's getting dark, you just drive down and you can see all the lights mm-hmm. yeah. for the rodeo it's or the crazy. There's cause there's so many people and it's Texas. Anyways, I'm sure there's other parts of the world where it's similar, but I just anyway. So if you live at this community, for instance, and you're team roping, but you got six or eight other people here, then you don't have to go to a jackpot. You can rope right here, you know, yep. and it's just, it helps being around mm-hmm. like-minded people, driving each other, making sure yep. you're in the practice pen, you know, making sure you're in the gym, like, because like we talked about, there's a lot of dedicated focus going to go into it if you're going to be successful in rodeo. Like nobody, rodeo is the most humbling sport I've ever seen. Like nobody's just going to go out there and yeah, and you're snub gonna, their nose at it yeah. and be successful. Yeah. Like, you're going to put in the work. Yeah. And, and it's going to take you some, some time and effort. And, and like, just having other, like, I, like the best part about rodeo with Jacobs and Sterling was they would keep you up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they would keep you, they would keep your confidence level. That's another thing y'all talked about Monday is managing your confidence. Like, managing your confidence is, is a is is a big part of success um, and that's in business and everything else that's another one of those key concepts you learn from rodeo at the college finals that year Corey Ross another cowboy preacher yeah um, he had a, a Sunday morning deal that we went to that morning to, to listen to him uh, church service in, at yeah. the college finals and it stuck with me ever since then it's something I think about all the time is that Corey related rodeo and life and everything together that has uh, ups and downs. I mean, like 
an example of rodeo, you, if you win a rodeo to you go miss your mark out, like you're talking about in one weekend, you can go from very, very high to very low. Yep. And if you can't manage that and yep. find an even keel and enjoy the time when you miss your mark out, not the actual missing, but you're at a rodeo, you're with your yeah. brother, get and over then it. Understand that you're nothing, you're 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 not better than anybody else just because you won this one. You know, you're just another person that's enjoying the day with everybody. Yep. If you can keep even like that, and Corey did a very good job of explaining that, and it clicked with me that yeah, it's life is important. The whole trip, the whole the whole book, not just the chapter, not just the page. You know. So managing your confidence, because if, if you're on top, nobody can knock you down. But if you're on bottom, it's hard to climb up. If you yep. can't get all out of your way and, and manage your confidence, happiness, whatever you want to call it, you know? So yeah. like that was another really good point. I was listening to that podcast, I was like, that gum, you know, like they're, they're bringing out the like, yeah. like it's, there's a lot of deep stuff in that conversation that was really, right. really good. Well, I'd, I was, I've always been intrigued by your story because sometimes whenever you walk, you look at rodeo cowboys and you get behind the shoots, they just feel like you see some of them that think Chris Chris Harris. When I was really young, mm-hmm. I was at Bubba's. Chris came and and he said it a little more bluntly, and it kind of rubbed me wrong the way he said it. But he said, uh, "If you think you're gonna make a living rodeo and you're crazy and you need to get that out of your head," and I think he could have handled it and and like explained it a little more diplomatically where it was more like because Jacobs he's been married for uh since 2014 so Jacobs been married 6 years or 15 maybe 5 years he's not spent more than 2 weeks away from his wife mm-hmm. and he's gone to the NFR every year and been a world champion mm-hmm. so i say that just to say that like as a back then when we were kids we thought you spent 10 months of the year actually on the road rodeoing. That's not the case. In the spring and the fall, like you're back at home yeah. on a Wednesday night, yeah. on a Thursday, most Friday, Saturday, like you might, you go out full-time rodeoing. Like if you Usually. really try, you can be gone for two and a half, three months full-time. Right, you don't have, like when, like we were young, first getting out there, Jacob's a road, like we went to 125 rodeos a year, like Jacob's was rodeoing. Right, so you really but even then, road. he's and only gone three months, and he's then, back in school. Know, yeah, right. he got his degree when he was going to 125 rodeos. He he took a, a, his finals with like I don't know what you call it, it wasn't Zoom back then. But oh yeah, I remember. I was in the hotel room. Yeah, with him. He, yeah. he was doing video conferencing. Take his finals at, while the, NFR. Was at the NFR. And right. I can't tell you how many people he had tell him just wait till you get done with school and then make a run don't, yeah. don't do it right now right. you're not going to make it while you go to college and he proved him wrong <laughs> the point my point is is like I thought and I was one of them and, and I kind of changed my mindset later that like and Chris was especially I guess talking to me that like you don't you don't have to be um, even Jacobs wasn't like just sold out rodeo only to be successful in rodeo. Now you do have to focus like what you're talking about, but there's ways in which that you can be smart with your money. You can be like, you don't have to be broke on the road all the time to get the rodeo experience. Like you can be smart with your money. You can make wise decisions with your, with your, your side hustles, so to speak. Now you do have to have a job that will let you be gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and and or so find a way to make money. You know what I mean? Like there's so yeah. many ways to make it, either, money. Either yeah. You know? If if you're not gonna do something on your own right, and you want right, a job, right, right. like for instance, I'm sure like guys could work guys that work for me like Donnie. Like I'm gonna let Donnie have that kind of schedule. Right. Like you would probably because right. like, you're a rodeo cowboy. I'm a rodeo cowboy. Right. So like you could work for those guys, or you could have a side hustle like guys like like Greaser was. Uh, mobile car wash service. Man, we uh, sold Cedar Post. Yeah, like uh, whatever. Like, oh, everything. But essentially, you are the epitome of someone who can like, like yes, you can rodeo and have the rodeo experience, but also make wise decisions in life and not be a broke bum at 50, 45 years old. Absolutely. And when I was starting, and I won't name the name, but hey, so-and-so is in the area. He's living up here. Oh, awesome. He's an NFR qualified bronc rider. You know, I want to go get on horses there. Okay, so I did. Um, it was not what I was expecting. He was living in a horse trailer, plugging into this arena because they were letting him live there. You know, like it was not that. Like I had this picture of, and I'm gonna set this goal. I'm gonna go be an NFR bronc rider, and then the doors are gonna open up, and all the success is gonna flow in. And then you're looking at this guy that is like, that is not the story of his life right now. Right. And I, I need to start focus, paying attention to what's going on because that's, even with all of that accomplished, this isn't what I want that chapter of my life to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could go both ways. You know, like if, if you, you know, dedicate yourself to something and put the work behind it, yeah, it not, there aren't any, any, there aren't any, any constraints there. You know what I mean? Like, it all goes the same way. Like just like Jacobs, like he focused a hundred percent on yeah. it. But then he was, you know, when he hit a lick at the NFR, or even Cheyenne, uh, he was smart with his money, mm-hmm. did his real estate stuff. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, when there are no rodeos and it's Fourth of July and he's in Stanford, Texas, because yeah. everything's canceled, like he's not having to get. He's enjoying the time home with his family. Exactly. Not having to because he's been wise you know? with his money. Anyway, I just I see a lot of we all do. We've seen those guys, and 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 if they understand the reality of what their life's going to be like when it's done, and they're okay with that, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. I'm on but the same we page see there. those guys that are just delirious. They visualize like you talk about this ending with all this stuff, but all the while when they hit a lick at you know and win a perf at the NFR and they got that cash and they go buy. A jet ski with it that that ending isn't going to be there right like anyway if they don't it, it's it's amazing how dedicated and focused someone can be on one thing and then ignore so many other aspects and then they have this really great chapter of their life but the book's not that not that great yeah you know or they're not they don't they don't see how great the book is i mean yeah. I, i'm kind of on the, the the bandwagon of hey it's good if we're here you know right but um, you know, I can see where you know things but, would be really hard. And it, and if a guy had to choose, I would choose. Like if you if you had to choose, like you could only rodeo, but you gotta stay broke. I would probably stay broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you had to choose one or the other, right. like I would, and and you had to be okay with like okay, the best you're gonna get after you get done rodeo is living in a double odd. Then I'd live in a double odd. Yeah. But. Fortunately, because we're in the U.S. of A., you don't have to choose that. You don't have like, to choose. Like, if you're willing to work, you don't have to choose. Yeah. But Not that I'm above double odds. Hey, 
or jet skis. It, that too. I don't too. know why we're hating on jet skis. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> hey, I, it wasn't that long ago that I lived in my sister's office. Yeah, so I had a double I ain't even... in a jet ski before, so yeah. I don't have either one anymore. But yeah. I'm well, still living in a guest house, so I don't know what we're talking about. It's success talk. Yeah, you're you know? living with your in-laws. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My roommates, they don't ever leave. <laughs> you got a built-in babysitter with your... Anyways, that's just wise. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, that's what I told them kids. I spoke at that FFA deal yesterday. I was like, and he was... I was supposed to just go with this ag teacher, and he was going to be... We were going to deliver their awards because they couldn't have the banquet. Then last minute they could have the banquet. Then I, the very last second, he was like, oh yeah, we want you to give a 10 minute speech. And I was like, oh crap, I don't know what I'm gonna say. This, anyway, um, that's what I get for helping friends out. But I didn't mind doing it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to kids, but essentially like I just told them, I was like, you you make choices, your choices make you. So you need to ask yourself when you make a choice, don't ask yourself, is this right or wrong? Ask yourself, is this wise? Because there's a lot of things that are right to do, like on paper, they're okay to do, like buy a jet ski, but it may not be wise for where you're at in life. Anyway, yeah. that's essentially what I... Just because they say okay and finance it doesn't always mean you should do it. Well, the bank let me do it. Yeah, yeah it doesn't like, mean it. Yeah, so in, in the midst of this conversation, I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of debt. I love using debt. It's a tool. It's not, uh, hey, I can't afford it, but I can get it because of debt. Like, those are two different things. Yeah. Um, so, it all comes down to education, but education in the sense of, if you want to do something in the future that you don't know how to do today, you're going to have to go learn how to do that thing. That's yeah. the education I'm talking about. Not, you know, I'm not for or against college. I'm not for or against formal education. You know, it's just, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Even even if you're a proponent of it, it's I've got a college degree hanging on my wall, and I've, I hadn't had a job since I got it. But right. you know, there were relationships though, you know, and re- relationships from rodeo, relationships from college, relationships like to me, that's the that's the key component right there of all those concepts we've talked about. Relationships are the most important. Like I'll lose money as long as we don't, as long as I don't lose the relationship. Yeah, you know, I can go get money back. I got time. You know, even if I don't, it's just it just buys freedom and it's a scorecard. But it buys freedom to spend time with those that you care about spending time around, and that's the relationship. You yep. know, so that's why money's it's sometimes important. Well, thanks so much, Jeremy Malanson, aka Malankin, which came from Procom, because Holy when you man. do callbacks, Jeremy. Malankin. When you do callbacks, they have an automated system that'll tell you when you're out and what you had drawn, and that lady on the automated system would pronounce his name, Jeremy Malankin. And then Sterling got a hold of my, well, they had my, you know, info. So Sterling his called RCA up card and uh, changed my nickname to Malankin. So then I was Malankin Malankin, if they pronounce it like that, or Malankin Malanson, or Malankin Melancon. I was getting on a Burwell one year in, uh, Hadley Barrett uh, kind of got stumbled up on my name just you know going through it and it was Malakalkin and Nanan and Cody Demos who's from Louisiana so the name's really pronounced Malanson you know he goes come on Malakalkin and Nanan he's running the necro you know <laughs> but they found so, out they found out it was Sterling that changed his nickname because 
the uh, the M was lowercase. Was lowercase. Yeah, so I have lowercase Malenkin, small Austin. Yeah, and I, I was, and so you have to stay like that from everything you're entered through until you change it. So you you change it, but you're entered in five rodeos. You know, so all through Utah, I was Malenkin, Malonson. Malenkin. But so it was, his nickname was Malenkin. Yeah. And then, and then, then it was Lanko. Lankin. Malenkin. Malenkin. To Lanko. To Blanco. To Queso Blanco. To Queso. So Sterling, <laughs> to this day, calls me Queso. Queso. And what's funny is... I can just like... It's just curious. like on the office, like, is it because he likes cheese? No. And then he goes through the progression. <laughs> what's, what's really funny is... So we have some other friends that Dale introduced us to, and uh, we go out to eat. Like we're like, hey, I have some friends in Huntsville. It's all you know. We're coming to Huntsville anyway. Let's you know, Cody Johnson. Come. He's trying not to name drop. Oh. I introduced him to Kojo. Okay, so Cody and Brandy come eat with us, and we're all eating. Well, it's funny because we, we don't we don't hear anything from them or anything like that. Like oh, we all said, uh, well, eventually. You know, uh, Brandy, Cody's wife, and, and Carly got came good friends, and we started hanging out, and we're all really good friends now. And uh, so, but the funny story that Brandy finally told Carly one day is, uh, she goes, you know, I could not find y'all. Like, it was, and and so, she's like, you know, I just kind of was like going to look you up on Facebook, maybe we can get together and eat again or something. And she was like, well, I was, I was getting my hair done in Huntsville, and I was like, you know, I met these really cool people from Huntsville not too long ago. It's uh, uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I don't. Do you know their na- last name? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe their last name was Lincoln. And she goes, No, no, no. It's Malenkin, and that's Jeremy and Carly Malonson. And she's like, No, no, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> when I introduced him, I just introduced him to Cody as yeah. Malenkin, and he yeah. he heard Lincoln. Yeah. Or remembered Lincoln. Or Randy did. So it was, that was really funny. That's was, another good was, name. Uh, Lincoln. So, um, so yeah, the name has went, went. It took on a mind of its own. So now, yeah, like like people don't really look at. Yeah, Sterling's like queso. Queso blanco. Yeah, blanco queso. Yeah, Jacobs was more like. I'm not sure who's a bigger proponent of nicknames. Like, but you were getting a nickname. Like, but it's funny that neither Jacobs or Sterling have nicknames. Yeah. Jacobs never had a nickname. Jacobs no, I don't know. He, he's way too professional. You don't have a nickname. <laughs> he, he ain't gonna take Every, a nickname. But that's where the nicknames come from. Yeah. You're gonna get a nickname from them. But yeah. and and not just people, you know, dogs and cars and you know Absolutely. signs and places. Every, it's like this rolling into cycle that's of why, nicknames. That's why I loved Barry's Cherries. Like that's just an awesome name for yeah. uh Yeah. 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 He appreciates good names. Absolutely. Even if he has to come up with them. Yeah. 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 And sure appreciate you letting me be on uh, yeah the Legends podcast. Thanks for coming on, explaining to all these rodeo cowboys how they can keep from being losers when they're done. Pow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pow, on to the next one. Tell them how it is. Oh yeah, life advice. We wrap it up. What's your life advice, just overall? Man, isn't that what we just did? That is what we just did. But Man. if you had to sum it up in one sentence, one sentence. Listen to this podcast episode of Rodeo Time again okay. to see what we missed. That's a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm out today. I don't, I don't, I don't You've know. been asleep all day. Me? What? You are out of it. What are you talking about? You've got nothing to offer these young kids that are listening? Be passionate about being passionate. Okay. What about the old people? Yeah, that too. Do it, then talk about it. <laughs>